It's so awesome that the students can come up out of the dungeon downstairs and enjoy a Sunday evening with you guys. For those of you who haven't picked up on it yet, this is a student-run Sunday night, uh, with the exception of Paul helping us out, as he usually does. We've got students doing everything tonight, pretty much. So uh, we're really excited about what God's doing in the student ministry. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Andrew Bush. I'm the new uh, high school youth intern. Um, and I've been here working since January, and I'll be continuing that throughout the rest of this year at least. Um, we've got some great things that God has been doing, as I was saying in the youth group last week. Some of you saw the highlight video we had from our junior high frostbite retreat. We're still rejoicing over the fact that we've had two middle school students place their faith in Jesus Christ, largely as a result of that retreat. God's been doing some great things there, and in the high school as well. Um, a couple of events I want to make you all aware of is upcoming we have our uh, middle school SOS, that's Students Offering Service, um, and that's um, from June 13th through the 16th. We've got middle schoolers who are going to camp out and uh, have a fun throughout the week, but during the day they're going to be doing service projects for people in the community and for people here at Sailorville as well. So if you know someone that needs um, a bunch of really energetic middle schoolers to come help pick up their house for them or something or some sort of service project. Um, or if you're here and you need help, contact the church office and we'd love to get you signed up um, to have a bunch of crazy middle schoolers attack all of your problems for you. So um, that's a big thing coming up this summer for the middle school. We also have the high school missions trip that's happening this July 11th through the 17th. And that is at Engage Global. Um, it's a ministry up in Minneapolis. Uh, students will go up there, and we spend the mornings learning about different cultures and other religions. And then we spend the afternoon actually evangelizing and talking to people who are of that culture or religion. So, for example, we might learn about Hindus and what they believe and how to best minister to them. And then in the afternoon, go to a Hindu temple and actually preach the gospel to those people. So you're learning and also putting into practice what you have just learned. And so that's going to be really awesome. I know Brad said that that was one of his favorite uh, missions trips that he did the whole time he was the student ministry pastor here. And so we're really looking forward to that. It's going to be an awesome time. If your student wants to be a part of that missions trip, they need to pick up applications from me. We're going to be sending out an email to the parents this week as well. That's an informational video that will tell you more about that, and there will be an application attached to that as well. And those need to be turned in before March 14th. So that's only a couple of weeks, a little over two weeks, before those need to be turned in. So uh, be talking to your student about that. Be encouraging people that you know that are in the student ministry to sign up for that. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, start being in prayer about that and what God's going to do in their lives. Um, like I said, we're so excited about what God has been doing in the youth ministry, but it wouldn't be possible without all of the youth leaders that are so consistent in helping every Wednesday night and many people on Sunday evenings as well. So I just wanted to take a moment. If you are a youth leader and you serve on Wednesday nights or teaching Sunday evenings, would you stand and, uh, so that we can recognize you? And uh, go ahead and give them a hand, everybody. <laughs> We're really thankful for these individuals. They've brought so much energy and life to our student ministry and a lot of wisdom, and a lot of the students really look up to their leaders, and God's just been doing some great things to them. And um, so leading into that, we have some testimonies and some baptisms that are going to be happening now, uh, people that God has really been working in in a special way. And I'm just really excited to hear these, excited for you to hear them. Uh, Luke, Claire, and Abby are all going to be sharing. I'm just really looking forward to hearing and for you to hear what God has been doing in their lives. It's just really awesome. So I'm going to turn it over to the baptismal, and Brad's going to be baptizing some people. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, he's doing a, an excellent job as our high school intern. I call him Mandrew because uh, he's just awesome. Uh, but we're really excited, as Andrew just said, to... Uh, you all get to be witnesses to some believers' baptism with some of our high school students. Just want to take a moment. If you're not familiar with this, it can be a little confusing. So I want to explain to you what believers' baptism is. We call it that, and the Bible teaches that all who were baptized first made a profession of faith. That is, they placed their faith in Jesus Christ 
and then following that was their baptism. And so baptism doesn't save, it doesn't wash any sins away or anything like that or have any salvation that's attached to it. That happens by believing in Christ alone. But what baptism is, it's an allegiance or an identification or going public with Jesus saying, I'm with him and he is mine and I want to tell everyone that I know that I've been saved by Jesus. And so what you're going to see is a picture of what's already happened first in Claire's heart and then in Luke's heart as well. That they, when they came to know Christ through faith, they were baptized with him. That was, they were, became dead to their sin. That's what it means to go under the water, to be buried with Christ. And to come out of that water, just as Christ was raised from the dead, they were raised in a newness of life in Christ. So we're really excited to have you witness and to hear from Claire Corey, who's going to share with us now. And also, I'm sorry, Cat uh, Betts, Betts as well has been very influential in uh, Claire's life. And so she's joining us in the tank this evening. And so you're going to hear that a little bit in Claire's story. Um, hi. So like you said, my name is Claire. And I've been growing up in a Christian home ever since I can remember. Um, I went to Sunday school, uh, Juana's church campus, youth group, all, like, just all that kind of stuff. Um, when I was about four or five, uh, two of my older siblings were talking about how they got saved. And I was like, well, I have to be saved because I'm the younger sister and I have to have what they had. So I talked to my older sister and I was like, okay, how do I get saved? And she was like, well you ask Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. And I was like, okay. So I asked him into my heart. And I was just like, uh, God, please come into my heart. Amen. I am saved. And um, so, but nothing really changed after that. I didn't actually understand, like, what it meant to be saved. So life just went on. Um, then we moved churches when I was, like, in seventh grade. And... In Shine, one of the leaders was talking about, or asking if anyone wanted to share their testimony, and I was like, oh, I'll do it. And he was like, okay, Claire, next week we'll have you share your testimony. And I got home, and I was like, I do not have a testimony. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> and um, so I talked to my, my mom when I got home, and I was just like, okay, how do I get saved? And she was like, well, you ask Jesus to forgive your sins and just repent of them. And I was like, okay, um, God, please forgive me for everything bad I've done. Amen. I am saved now. And after that, there was still, like, a lot of doubt. I prayed all the time, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm saved, so I'm just going to pray again just in case. And so that's just kind of what it was like. And then in fourth grade, um, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I remember the night she told us I went to bed and I prayed, and like I didn't usually pray. And the first thing I said was, um, God, I hate you right now. I really just, I hate you. Why would you take my mom away from me? And I just fell into this, just really angry with everyone and everything. Um, so when she got better, I kind of just was like, well, it's, the doctors did it. It wasn't God because he wouldn't give her something and then take it away. It was just, she got better because of doctors. Mm. And so then I ended up going to public school because I was homeschooled before that. I went to public school in seventh grade, and just everything kind of started to change. Um, I tried to find stuff to fill that hole in my life because I didn't have God. Um, so I was always angry with everyone. I just was tried to hang out with different people. Um, I was just a very selfish person. I'd look at pornography and all that kind of stuff, just trying to find something to fill that hole in my life. Um, so then in eighth grade, I kind of just quit doing everything. I was just so ashamed of everything I'd done, and I just hated myself for it, and I fell into a really deep depression. And that just kind of went on for a year. And I just had a really hard time just getting by every day. Um, then I remember one day I went home from school and my mom had rearranged my room. And I got mad at her and I just started yelling at her and stuff. And then she started crying and she sent me to my room. And my older sister came up and she started yelling at me. And like, I didn't really care what she said because I was just like, okay, whatever. 
And finally she said, Claire, I don't even think you're saved. And that kind of just hit me. Like, on, I just like looked at her and I was like, I don't care what you think. And, but like on the inside I was like, am I saved? And so she went back downstairs and I kind of just sat there for a while and I was like, I don't know if I'm saved. Like, my life doesn't show it, obviously. I'm not happy. And so I talked to my uh, youth leader, Kat, the, um, the next Wednesday night, and I was just talking to her about the fight with my sister and my mom and everything. And we came to the conclusion that I wasn't saved. And so she asked me then, well, what's keeping you from getting saved? And I could not answer her. I just didn't know. And so she told me, um, just pray about it. And so the whole next day I was praying about it. And um, I went to a musical with my older sister that night. And on the way home, I just started crying. And I was like, God, I need you. I am not happy. I'm a terrible person. I mean, everything I've done just is, I can't live like this anymore. I said, God, if you'll have me, I want to be your child. I want to be yours. Amen. And just at that moment, I just felt just like someone was there for me. Just like I had someone to go to whenever I was struggling and that he loved me. And I knew that then. Um, so then I went to a Bible study with Kat and like I just told her about it. And I just told her about I was his in that. I was, I mean, I got saved, so just how happy I was. Um, so just and now, just going back, I just enjoy everything so much better. I just love reading my Bible, and I pray all the time now, and just I love, like, talking to people about what God has done for me and what, they, what he can do for them and stuff, and just, so, yeah, that's... That's it. Yes. <laughs> Claire, if any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're living proof of that text, aren't you? Yeah. God has changed your life. He's made you new, and he has given you acceptance. He has anyone who comes to me, he says, I will no means cast out. So he has taken you. We're just thrilled about what God is doing in your life and what he'll continue to do in your baptism now. So a uh, cat has been influenced in your life. So I'm going to have cat pray for you. Come on up here, cat. Let's pray before we baptize Claire. God, thank you so much for Claire's life. And um, I thank you for just the way she's changed and wants to grow and loves reading her Bible. Lord, I just thank you for the light that she is at school and um, sharing Christ's love with others, Lord. We thank you for um, her wanting to obey you and follow after you, Lord. Um, we just pray that her, light, her life would continue to be a light for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Claire, because of your public profession of faith and obedience to God's word, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That was awesome. Oh, we're excited to hear from Luke. Why don't you make him feel welcome as he comes? Hi, my name is Luke Bear. Um, I've grown up in this church ever since I can remember. I might have been born here, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, ever since. I've been in this church in Shine, little uh, children's church. I always thought I was saved because my parents were saved. So I was always like, people would ask me if you're saved, and I'd be like, yeah, my parents are saved, so I got a free ticket. I was born into free slave parents. But <laughs> that was not real. And over the next course of my life, all the way into middle school, I always kept convincing myself that, yeah, I'm saved, I'm saved. But <laughs> I wasn't. And... When it came into eighth grade, I really just got really, I started getting pornography and lust, and that's all I ever thought about, and it just dug into my heart, and that's all that I held on to, and I wouldn't tell anyone about anything bad that I ever did, because I had to be this perfect oldest child, 
And yeah, that was just pretty much my life right there in eighth grade. Um, getting into ninth grade, um, my mom decided that I should be homeschooled, and I was very angry about that. I was just like a stake into the heart, like, oh, why did you do that? Um, but she also, I'm very thankful for that because she made it into my daily routine to just read God's word and really get into it. And even though I wasn't saved, I was still um, listening to the word. And But one verse came up to me. It was Proverbs 29.13, and it talks about how a man who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but a man who, um, a man who gives, who um, tells someone, confesses his sins, will gain mercy. And that was just like, boom, like, wow, I need to do that. But I was like, nah, my heart's like, no, you can keep it in for a little while longer. You're still young. Um, but then that night, this was March 29th, 2017, I went to youth group, and they had like a girls' guide night. And in our cell group, we had a chance to just confess if we've ever looked at pornography or just had that lust inside of our hearts. And I did, and I was just, that was where it all kind of started clicking, like, okay, I need to do this. I need to really get saved. I need to have God in my heart. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. I came home, and my parent, I went to my parents' room. They were trying to go to bed, and I wake them up. I'm just like, I need to tell you guys something. So I told them about that, and I prayed with them, and I prayed to the Lord, and I confessed my sin to God. And I'm just like, God, take it all away. I'm done with this. I can't hide it anymore. It's just eating me apart. And that's when I believe God entered my heart, and I got saved. And ever since that, <laughs> it's really been an eye-opener. I've seen fruit. The word that I read all those devos that I read in the mornings, they actually make sense. I can actually, like, um, put it into my life, like, apply it to my life, and it's just amazing. And so that was last year. And since that, I knew, oh, if you get saved, you should get baptized because that's what the Bible tells you to do. But I was like, no, I got a long life. I can wait a little bit. But <laughs> nope, you can't do that. So Andrew Bush comes into our youth group uh, beginning of this year. And we start a leadership team, and he texts me one day. He says, Luke, what are you going to do to be a leader in the youth group? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll probably answer questions, open doors, stuff like that. And he's like, well, how about you get baptized? And I was just kind of like left that text away. <laughs> Didn't really respond for like a day. Um, but and then a couple weeks later, we have Sub-Zero. And that's a winter retreat. And the last night, the speaker, he talks about how going all in for God, if you really love Christ and you say you've received him in your heart, you have to go all in. And you have to give him everything, your inside and your outside. And I've given God my heart inside, and but outside, I was just the same old Luke. Um, there wasn't anything different. Um, so I just prayed during that song, and I was like, God... I know I need to get baptized. And so I told Andrew, and he's like, okay, let's do it. So here I am now. Yeah. Here you are now, my friend. <laughs> Last year, you were uh, a sinner lost in need of a Savior, and you believed that Christ died for your sins and rose again, and now here you are, a child of the King. Uh, you've transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the sun, man, and that's exciting. Uh, we're pumped for you. What Andrew said is absolutely right. Leadership starts with first identifying with Jesus the way his word tells us to. So being obedient in this way is awesome, and we're excited for you, Luke, what God's going to do and what, how he is using you. So let's pray together. Pray with me as we uh, pray for Luke tonight. God, we thank you for Luke. We thank you for his godly home that he's grown up in parents that have been instilling scripture into his life and into his heart. Even as an unbeliever, the scripture was working in him, showing him that he tries to cover or push away his sin. He's not going to prosper, but if he confesses it, he will be shown mercy. And I thank you that's true of his life. He confessed his sin as you brought him to that point of his need for you, and he believed in Jesus that night in his parents' bedroom. 
Thank you for the encouragement of the youth leaders, Andrew in particular, about his about baptism and you just working in his heart and changing him. God, we pray that you would give him sustained victory over lust and pornography, that he would grow into a godly man that shows others who you are, and he's a true Bible man that loves you with all his heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Luke, we're excited for you, brother. It's my privilege upon your profession of faith to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so like Andrew said, I'm Abby. Um, I'm just going to share what God has been teaching me the past several months, which has been an awful lot. Um, so I've grown up in a Christian home, got saved at a young age, gone to church, Rwanda's, youth group, everything. Um, I've always prayed, like known I needed to pray and ask God just to help me through everything. And I've had lots of challenges in my life that have led me to do that. Um, but Last summer in particular, I was going through some really hard stuff, like, um, and I just, like, wanted to hold it all in my own hands. Like, we always go to church or youth retreats or everything, and people are like, oh, like, give God everything, and that'll be great. Like, you, once God has your whole entire life, you'll be fine. But I was always like, okay, sounds, sounds all good and well, but I want to keep part of this. Like, God, you can have that. I want this. So that's what I was doing, living my life the way I wanted to live it, in a way. And then finally, I don't even remember when it happened, but one day I felt like I had just hit rock bottom, and I was like, I cannot do this all anymore by myself. I've got nothing to lose, so I might as well try this whole giving it all to God thing. So um, I just started praying as hard as I could. I, I was just felt like I'd never prayed like that before, and uh, the answers just came so clear to me. I felt like I could hear God sitting right on my shoulder, standing right next to me, saying, like, it's fine. Let go of all of this. I have it. I got control of your life. So that was great. Like, I was like, that was pretty sweet. Like, I wanted to go tell everyone, and I was like, I'm going to start praying for everything. So then, like, been doing that, been doing that, and then I've also always been someone who doesn't really like to share my emotions, like, just kind of put on a mask, like, it's fine. And so God was like, all right, well, that's the next thing we're going to check off your list. So um, towards the beginning of this year, like, I started to get really stressed out about college and school and just everything that I'm involved in. And um, I just kind of was bottling it all up. And then finally, like, my mom, she was like, something's wrong like tell me what's going on I was like no I'm fine and so then after a couple weeks of that I was like all right here's what's going on and then um through all this I was just praying and I was like it'll work out it'll all be fine and finally I realized that I just I cannot I had to start telling people so I was talking to my friends my youth leaders just um different people in the church and they were all like, you just, you have to pray and just trust God through all of this because he will work it out. So that's what I've been doing. And it's just been so amazing to see how God is working in my life and just him been telling me like, it is okay if you don't know the answer to everything because I have it under control. Like you have no control of your life anyway, so you're fine. And so just, yeah, it's been great. And now as I go forward into college and everything, like, I just know that God will provide the finances or God will bring opportunities into my life. And so, yeah. All righty. Wow. That was awesome. Very very, very exciting to see what God is doing in the lives of our students, to see how he's changing them, how he's saving them, and uh, they're following after him. It's, it's amazing to be a part of a student ministry like Sailorville, to see students 
follow after Christ. And uh, I, I would encourage you, if you are not necessarily involved in praying for our students or even involved in serving our students, to get involved with prayer or service because it's a really big deal because our students are the, the future of Sailorville Church. They're the future leaders, the future Christians, the future businessmen. So please, we need your prayers. We need you to be involved in the lives of our students. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Tyler Betts. I'm the Interim Student Ministries Director here at Sailorville. And my wife, Kat, you can come on up here. And uh, when uh, Jason was talking to us about this night, he said that, well, Tyler, you have to uh, talk about what God is doing in your life. I'm like, Jason, I just want the students to do it. And he's like, nope, Tyler, you got to do it. So I'm excited to share with you what God is doing in, the, in my wife and my heart and how he's leading us in our lives. So I have a question for you. Have you ever said, I got to sit down. They told me I had to sit down. <laughs> have you ever said somebody or to God I'm never going to do something. I'm never going to do that. Have you ever said that to God or someone else? I know if you haven't, I know I have, and I know my wife has. For instance, before Kat and I started dating, she told me that I would never date a guy like you. <laughs> Thankfully, we're married, so we did eventually date. Or... Maybe, for, for me, I always told God, in fact, when I was a middle school student, uh, I told God, I want to be in ministry. I want to do what you have called me to do. However, I know that you would never want me to be a missionary. I know that you would never want me to go overseas to tell people about Jesus. I know you want me in America. Well, uh, by the way, is there a PowerPoint there it is. Boom. By the way, Kat and I are actually up here going to be talking about how God has called us to be missionaries to France. It seems like as if you tell God or someone else you're not going to do something, you end up doing it. So, yeah, I'm really glad about you dating me, that part. <laughs> and I'm also glad about God changing uh, our desires to go to France. And so what we want to talk to you guys about is just kind of give you a little insight into our hearts and how God has actually transformed our desires and what we want to do and put them in line with his will for our lives and then uh, express just our vision, what we'd like to do in the country of France. So how God really got a hold of my heart to go to France uh, was through exposure to France through short-term missions. When I was... Uh, a senior in high school, my dad's best friend, he, he's a missionary to France, his name is Mark Nelson, he invited me to come on a short-term missions trip to France, and I told him I'd pray about it, and I honestly didn't think about it at all for the rest of, yeah, so I didn't think about it at all, sorry Mark. So about a year later, he actually wrote me a letter, so he's missionary to France, he writes me a letter, and it's a really nice letter, and at the very bottom I get to it, and he'd actually enclosed a check for $100. Wait, a missionary giving people money? This does not seem right. What is going on here? So I actually began to think and pray about maybe God actually wants me to go to France someday. And so I, I prayed about it, this time for real, and, uh, and God opened the door for me to go to France on a short-term mission trip for six weeks. And so during the, the, this time in France, um, uh, sorry. I think you have to point it back there. Um, so during this time in, in <laughs> it doesn't work apparently. There it is. So during this, uh, this six weeks in France, um, I was, had the opportunity to, this is a picture of me with a group of kids at a camp. So I worked at camp for three weeks, and then for three weeks I worked in a town called La Rochelle, France with uh, the, the guy who wrote me the letter, Mark Nelson. And so we, when we were there, what really gripped my heart is when we would go out and do ministry and uh, to go and evangelize in different towns, we would uh, actually uh, see, go to towns and give evangelistic outreach to towns that had not received anything about the gospel in over 400 years. 
So we just did a Reformation series this summer. They had not received any gospel material or influence since the time of the Reformation, and that blew me away and it gripped my heart. So after these six weeks, God is starting to do a work in my heart. He's transforming my desires. And I'm standing in Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris, France, and I'm just about to leave after these six weeks, and this thought popped in my mind. I have to come back here. And I got on the plane and I left. And that thought, that desire has never left my heart. And so, Kat's journey to becoming a missionary to France, actually, Andrew, could you run that microphone up there? Uh, thank you. So, Kat's journey to France was a little different, how she heard God worked in her heart. And unfortunately, it came through uh, me. And uh, this is how it kind of came about. We've been dating for about two weeks. And I was, I'm like, I'm convinced God wants me to go to France. So I got to tell Kat about it. We've been dating for two weeks. So I, I said, Kat, we got to go on a walk. And we, I got to talk to you about something really important. So with all the tact I could muster up, I said this word for word. Kat, I'm moving to France for a year. You can break up with me if you want to. Also, if you're not willing to move to France for the rest of your life, we might as well not date, because I want to go there. <laughs> so, Kat was thinking this. So, I was thinking, well, this is a conversation we probably should have had two weeks ago, but <laughs> good as time as any. So, um, missions wasn't something that I had pictured for my life, but it wasn't something that I was against. Um, earlier that year, I had started attending Sailorville, and I had met Lori Tashner, who is an influential person in my life. And um, during the time Tyler was in France, we started going through the book Follow Me by David Platt. And God used that to just reveal to me how great of a need there is for missions around the world. And um, during that time, he started to just grow me and um, give me the desire that missions was something I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for Lori. She, uh, I'm eternally in your debt. Thank you for meeting with Kat. <laughs> Might not have worked out in the, if you hadn't. So I'm very grateful for that. So I actually did. I ended up moving to France for 10 months. And it was the time of my life. And during these 10 months, I was really involved at a church. It's called Eglise Baptiste de La Rochelle, which basically means the Baptist Church of La Rochelle. Um, and so I was really involved there. But my primary ministry was... Uh, to evangelical outreach, to reach out to unbelieving French people and share the gospel with them. And I did that through uh, the game of basketball, which God has blessed me with the ability to be able to play it okay sometimes. <laughs> and uh, so one of my favorite memories of, uh, of being in, in France was after our Thursday night practices, we would actually share a meal together. And we would, we would sit around and we'd talk, and we'd sometimes, this is a Thursday night, so still in the work week, but we would talk till like one in the morning, sometimes two, just eating, hanging out. And they'd ask me all sorts of questions about what it means to live in America and all this stuff. And eventually they got to ask me some more personal questions. So one of the first uh, questions they asked me was, so do you have a girlfriend? And so yeah, I'd talk about, yeah, we have a girl, I have a girlfriend. This is Peter, this is who asked me this question, Peter. He says, so, do you have a girlfriend? I'm like, yeah, I do. Her name's Catherine. She lives back in America. And uh, yeah, she's pretty awesome. He's like, he looks at me with like this strange look in his eyes. And he says, wait, she's not back at your apartment? And I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, she's back in America. It kind of stinks, but at least we have FaceTime. And we can talk. Again, he looks at me with this really strange look in his eyes. He says, so that means you're not having sex? And, I, and I, I said, he said that to me. I'm like, yeah, and actually when we're together, we, we don't have sex because we're not married. We're just dating. And again, his mind literally exploded. He couldn't believe this, that someone actually didn't have sex till they got married. And he's like, why would you not do that? And this led into a conversation about the gospel. Why, why we don't, why we live differently is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. And so Peter, he, he's talking, he's like, he could speak the best English on the whole team. So, yeah, there's my team. Uh, so there's, uh, 
on the whole team, so he would tell all the rest of the guys, oh yeah, this is what's going on there, like talking a mile a minute in French, and I couldn't understand the lick, just sitting there, and then they'd like come back to another question, so wait, what? And so I was just talking about the, the gospel and showing, I'd highlight them a verse on my phone in French, and they'd read it, and then they'd talk about it. I don't know what they said, but it must have been really great. And uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they, it really was a great opportunity just because I lived differently. I lived for Jesus Christ. And I know it made an impact because uh, this guy, oops, sorry, this guy right there, his name is Jerome. And so Kat and I, after we had gotten married, we went back to France, and they, my team threw me a huge barbecue and stuff, and it was a blast. And uh, Jerome comes up to me, he says, Tyler, now that you are married, uh, you do the sex every day. <laughs> I wish, yeah. <laughs> so, so I knew that because I lived differently, it made an impact, a lasting impact on Jerome's mind. When you live differently, when you're a light for Jesus Christ in a dark place, it makes a big impact. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5:16, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven." And that was a huge deal for me because these guys they'd never met anybody who was a Christian. It was it just blew me away. And so um, uh, it was a really big deal. So the next picture I want to show you is my probably the best friend that I made in France. His name is Baptiste. His girlfriend's name is Floralise. And so Kat has had the opportunity to go over with me to France three times, so she's actually met them too. So how about you tell us a little bit about Baptiste and Floralise? Yeah, the first time I was able to visit France was when Tyler lived there, and they were so excited that I was coming and that they could meet me, and so they had us over for dinner, and this huge dinner and they just we stayed at their house till like one in the morning and just talked and they they don't speak English very well so it was like broken bits here and there trying to figure out what everyone was saying and um, Google Translate was a good friend yes yes so they and then they thought it was funny when we would like try to say French words they'd like okay say this say this and couldn't do it or yeah, not good, no. So, um, but it was cool, like, now that we've been able to, when, since we've been married, we've gone back to other times, and we've gotten together with Baptiste and Floralise and been able to um, continue that relationship with them, and um, the last time it was just like, okay, we have to learn French because we need to be communicating with them more effectively to ultimately be able to share the gospel with them more effectively. Yeah. So even when I was there, they would ask me, as we grew closer in relationship, they would ask me questions about my faith because I lived differently. So it was an opportunity to share the gospel with these people. Me desire, like Kat said, to learn French and be able to do it more effectively. I had tons of opportunities to do this when I was in France. And the last story I want to tell you is about this guy right up here, number seven. His name is uh, Michael. And I had talked to him about the gospel and, and shared with him. And I asked him this question. Have you ever heard anything like this before? And he looked at me straight faced and said, no, I haven't. And that kind of took me back. And in fact, if I'm honest, I was actually the very first Christian that any of these guys had ever met. There's a great need for the gospel in France. How then, uh, Romans uh, 10, 14 and 15 says this, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in, in, who, in whom of they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. As Christians, our time on this earth is short. The message that we are entrusted with is urgent. And there are people who are dying each day, whether it's in America or France, without ever even hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so this is what Kat and I desire to do. We want to take this gospel message, the light of Christ, and we want to shine in a very dark place in the country of France. We want to be sent by Sailorville Church to 
preach the gospel in France. We want to be missionaries in France. This is not something that's just been a, a random uh, thing in our mind. We've prayed a lot about it. We've uh, spent a lot of time maybe even arguing about it sometimes, and it's been a, it's, it's been a challenge. It's been a process. About a year and a half ago, uh, both Kat and I were, were wrestling through this, and I was like, I was not sure what to do, because I really love working with these students. It's one of the greatest joys of my heart to be able to teach them about Jesus Christ and what it means to be a follower of him. I love our, our church for great reason, you know. It's an amazing church uh, to be a part of, and it's just so hard for me. It's like, go to France, 1A, Sailorville, 1B. It's like, I don't know what to do. This is so, and so for about, I was just wrestling through this, and for some reason, I decided to open up the Solid Joys devotional app by John Piper. And so I opened it up, and this is the verse that I read from Mark chapter 10. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands, for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. And when I read this, I knew God's word had sealed the deal. I needed to go to France. We needed to go to France as missionaries. And so uh, that's our desire. We want to go as France, to France as missionaries. And so here's kind of our vision. We want to see... Uh, French people come to know Christ. We want to see them saved. We want to see them built up in their faith. And then eventually we want to see French people uh, reach other French people, make disciples. And uh, we're going to give you a little bit of an insight on how we're going to do that. So uh, ultimately, like we said, we can't speak French. So we're going to have to go to uh, language school. And we're going to spend probably... Uh, over a year there, I'm not sure if it's going to be in the south uh, east of France or if it's up in Paris, where it's going to be, but we're going to spend probably over a year learning French so we can effectively communicate the gospel message to them. Then uh, after that, we would like to go and partner with uh, Eglise Baptiste de La Rochelle, which is the Baptist Church of La Rochelle. So if you don't know where La Rochelle is, it's a town of about 100,000 people right there on the Atlantic coast of France. It's a beautiful place. Uh, here's a little view of the old city. Uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty nice. I like it. <laughs> Another view of it. So it's a great, uh, great town, 100,000 people. But there is a desperate, excuse me, there's a desperate uh, gospel need. And part of the reason we'd like to go back to this town is because there is a, a missionary my friend Mark Nelson, who's been there for 20 years. So we'd like to be discipled by a veteran missionary who can show us the ins and outs of what it means to be an American coming and living in France. But they also have uh, a French national pastor who would be very vital in showing, helping us learn the French culture and what it means to be in ministry. And so as we've uh, talked with them, they've actually, their church has invited Kat and I to go and partner with them in France. They, they're really excited about the opportunity, the possibility of us working with them. And they see us working in three key ways. So Kat, how about you talk about a few of those? Yeah, so specifically through evangelism, um, they have an English club that meets um, a couple times a week maybe, and um, they just get together with other, it's mostly college students basically, and just speak in English, which it's very hard for French people to speak in English. They, a lot of, they learn it in school, but not very well. So um, they want to learn, and so it's a way to um, have conversations with them that hopefully will turn into gospel conversations. Um, and then also through basketball, Tyler um, built all those relationships through basketball, so using that as an opportunity for outreach as well. And then discipleship. Um, is a huge area that we like to be involved in with youth ministry. Um, we've already been able to be a part of that at times when we've gone back, so continuing that and doing it more effectively by actually learning the language. Um, and then also doing Bible studies with university students. Um, there's about, the university there in La Rochelle is about 7,600 students. 
Um, so being able to do Bible studies with them, and then also um, specifically me being a part of the women's Bible study at the church. So Yeah, and so one last way that we'll be involved is through church planting. So this church, even though it's small, it's about 70 people, they've actually, uh, about two years ago, they started the process of planting a church in a neighboring town that had never didn't have an evangelical church uh, sharing the gospel and that proclaiming the gospel message, and so we'd like to be a part of that, so we'd be uh, speaking, maybe, uh, maybe be, not me, I, you, but I would be preaching and sharing the gospel maybe that way, working with uh, their ministry, helping there, and then ultimately, both uh, La Rochelle and our desire is to build up our own team and uh, plant a third church in somewhere in that, uh, around there in France, I'm not sure where yet, but hopefully we'll find out someday. Eventually, the ultimate desire is this. We want to see French people saved. We want to see them discipled. And then we want French people to reach French people. That's what we want to see in the country of France. So, uh, where are we at? So, in this whole process, we've shared this vision with the pastors and with the missions committee. And by God's grace, they all were unanimous in their support. They would like to uh, see us move forward in this, this process of being missionaries to France. In fact, they've agreed that Sailorville Church should be our sending uh, church, which we're stoked about. Uh, after that, so actually, we just met with the ABWE, the Josh Anderson, the, the missions committee. They helped us kind of think through all this, and uh, we decided ABWE would be the best mission agency for us to go through. And so we just had our doctrinal interview last Thursday, which we passed, thankfully, and uh, it was a little nerve-wracking. And uh, so we're through that, and so March 4th, Kat and I were going to be flying out to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania for a new missionary orientation, and I'm assuming we'll be oriented to what it means to be a new missionary, and uh, <laughs> that's about all I know. <laughs> and so after that, uh, our desire is to begin uh, raising support to go to France full time in 2000 in the fall of 2018. So we're we're pumped about that and that opportunity, and we're excited to see how God will work. I'd really covet your we would really covet pr your prayers, but I would too, and so would Kat. And uh, we'd really covet your prayers, and just this whole process as we finish out. We want to finish well with our students. We love them, but it's sometimes hard to be when you're have a different goal in mind to keep current, keep doing as good as you should there. So I want to be focused and invest as much as I can in our lives of our students while we're here. And then also that whole process of what it means to be a new missionary. I've never done it before, so yeah, I need your prayers. We need your prayers about that. So with that being said, I think Brad's going to come up and steal the show. <laughs> Oh, I forgot one thing. Yes. I forgot to say thank you. I'm horrible at this. So, sometimes I, Lisa Backey sometimes called me like the absent-minded professor because I lose, literally lose everything and forget things all the time, and Kat would affirm that. I just want to say a huge thank you to you, to the Sailorville Church This church means the world to both Kat uh, and I, and we love serving here with all our hearts. And, uh, I mean, I was saved here when I was like five years old. I was baptized here on a Sunday night just like this. We both grew in our faith here when we really wanted to start following Christ. And... For some reason, you guys let me be an intern here, and now you're letting me work with your students full-time, and we just love Sailorville and the investment that you've poured into us. And we're, we're so grateful for you. So thank you so much. Well, you're not leaving yet, so don't say goodbye too much. It's going to get old. Oh, oh man. One more time. One more time I'll say goodbye. Okay, all right. 
Tyler and Kat. Thank you. Not oh, okay. So, yes, sir. Tyler and Kat, you have been so faithful in this church. You've been proven servants. You have to see your progress has been evident to all of us. I remember one of the students actually one time said, after you got done speaking, you asked him how was he, he said, that didn't even make any sense at all. <laughs> so just to see your growth, maturity. Now they can say at least 50% of the things. Yeah, no, sense. no, it is. We want to be a sending church, don't we, Sailorville? And we are, and we want to continue to send out people. We want to follow the biblical mandate, and we don't want to send out just anybody. We want to send out our best. And it hurts. It hurts to send out our best. It hurts to send out uh, the couples that have mean a lot and have had a huge impact here, but for the cause of the kingdom, we want to do that. And no doubt these guys have had a great impact here and will continue over this next year. Great friends of mine and my wife's and a great job working with our students. So we're excited for you guys and thrilled about how God's going to use you in France and to be your sending church. So, man, God is doing a great work here, isn't he? Uh, more students, more like Jesus. God is doing am amazing things in our student ministry. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray for the youth leaders that are working with them and those that are, are leading over it. Uh, we're just so glad that you're able to be here tonight. Uh, as I close in prayer, I'm going to ask Luke and I'm going to ask Claire to make their way to the back there, the ones who were baptized tonight. Uh, go ahead and affirm them, love them, tell them how much great job they did, how much you care for them. And uh, so I'm going to close in prayer and then you can go pick up your children if you have some to pick up from shine let's pray together god i thank you for cat i thank you for tyler dear friends co-laborers in ministry god i thank you for that you have called them your call has been evident in their lives you prepared them for this and they've been faithful in the meantime god they've proven themselves as being faithful and little and now you're going to give them much and you're going to expand uh, their horizon and expand their ministry god we pray that you would keep them growing in this time of of uh finishing out here at sailorville and preparing to raise support god keep them pure keep them holy keep them active in evangelism and in ministry as we know they will god and help us to be a great support to them thank you for our students thank you for sailorville students god it's such a joy to see you working in their hearts and in their lives help them come to know you and to grow up in you thank you for this church that they had the opportunity to grow up in in jesus name we pray amen